0: It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So, what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. If you listened to the last episode, we chatted about whether or not gentle parenting is actually harming our kids. And if you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to it. But spoiler, I do not. However, I want to make it very clear that gentle parenting tends to get the bad rap, in my opinion, for being passive. And that is not at all what I teach or implement. Now, I would like to think of the stuff I teach as connection-focused parenting, but I think it kind of falls under the umbrella of gentle parenting. So I don't think that there's any room for passivity in our parenting, to be quite honest. Today, I want to go a little bit deeper and explore why I really believe that people struggle with gentle parenting or actually getting their child to listen and respect them. I mean, how often do you feel like I'm staying calm and I'm trying to listen to their feelings and they're not listening to me? Now, there are obviously a lot of factors here. Again, being able to manage your own ability to stay calm as your child is not. Maybe they missed a meal or they're tired or overstimulated, whatever. But today, I really want to focus on one of the mistakes that I believe we make regularly when trying to be more calm and connected and doing all that stuff that actually develops poor listening and obedience when we are asking for it. And that is drum roll, (laughs) giving too many chances or opportunities. So don't hear me wrong on this. I'm all about giving grace. And sometimes I will often say, I'm going to give you grace right now so that my kids learn, like they actually don't deserve to get what I'm going to give them. But I think that so much of the time, parents struggle with the ability to actually feel comfortable with a tantrum and the big feelings. Even if you might think, I'm totally fine with it. I think there's just something naturally innately inside of a large majority of us that is like oh they're gonna they're gonna have an explosion like just starting to well up inside of you even if you feel like you're mostly okay with them and along with that you know your own ability to stay calm if it continues and I think so often we try all of these different ways to get our kids to follow the direction and it usually doesn't work So I'm going to just boldly put out there, stop giving your child so many opportunities to follow your direction. So have you ever had your child maybe throw something and then you ask them to clean it up and they refused? And then you said something like, well, you need to clean it up before you go play. And then they run off and play and they still haven't cleaned it up. And you find yourself getting more and more upset. Maybe you start threatening consequences or maybe you try to persuade them to come clean it up because you're thinking, well, I'm trying to be a gentle, calm parent and if I, if I threaten a consequence or if I punish, that's not doing it. I want to let you in on a much simpler way for you if you want your child to learn to listen to you on the first attempt. And when I say simple, I don't want you to hear me say easy because it is simple, but it's probably not gonna feel easy, at least at first. So what you need to do is give your child the direction and then you expect that from them and then hold them accountable. Now, obviously we want want to make sure that our kids understand our expectations and they are age appropriate. This also means that you have to figure out how to work on keeping your cool because this, what we're about to talk about, is going to take some training from your child. It's not going to be like, oh, I do it once or twice and they're good to go. You know, like this is going to be a constant process, but in the end, the fruit is worth it and you will see the fruit happen outside of your home. You might not always see it in your home and I've heard people talk about that and I just think like, but that's a testament to the training that you're doing. Yes, we would love our kids to be perfectly behaved at home, but the fact that they are going out and behaving in the way that you are requiring them to or training them to I think is a good sign that you are making headway even if you're not feeling like it in your home. So this is one of the reasons why I also don't believe in the counting to three method because it's really producing children that don't feel like they need to listen right away because that's how they're being trained, right? You have until Your parent gets the three until you actually have to listen. So there's room for that disobedience there. I don't have to come right away because I know she's going to start counting sort of a thing. I do have a whole episode on that if you're interested in hearing more about it. And I will link that below. I'll also link um, the three ways that we try to... It's more focused on crying, but I think it can be related to all types of behavior and meltdown. Three ways that we unintentionally stop that from happening. But I believe that giving so many opportunities to get it done is doing the same thing as the counting to three method. It's training your child that they don't actually have to do it when you ask because you're going to keep asking and you're not really holding that firm limit and boundary that like, no, this is your job right now. And so you might be thinking, well, how do I hold them accountable (laughs) without like a punishment or a reward system? And so I'm going to give you an example of Something that actually occurred yesterday with my two almost three year old. So both of my kids were at the counter. I was doing something in the kitchen. They were cutting up paper and coloring it. And my two year old started coloring on the counter. I didn't see him because I was, I think I was like unloading the dishes or something. And um, I think I went to get him another piece of paper or something and he pointed to the counter. And I just said, okay, well, you'll have to just wipe it up when you're done because um, it's just washable marker, nothing like to get, you know, upset about or anything. He was just exploring. Um, and then he was kind of done and he threw, he had been drinking a, a coconut water out of a plastic bottle. He threw it on the ground and I said, you know, you need to go pick it up. And he tends to be the one where like when he's given a direction, he kind of gets angry first and he will just go to it and like hit it around somewhere else. So, Um, I just sat him on my lap because I was going to hold him accountable to the fact that your job right now is to clean up the bottle and you clearly can't do that right now. So I'm just going to help you. And when you're able to go pick it up and throw it away, you can go do that. And then, you know, he was kind of in the middle of a tantrum He wanted to go watch my husband plowing from the window and I said, well, you can watch him as soon as you do the two jobs that I've asked you to do, which is throw your bottle away and wash the marker off the counter. And he did not like that, but I continued to have him sitting on my lap. Now, he was flopping and flailing around so much that I just ended up taking him to a bedroom because I didn't want to have to contain him we were in our like kitchen dining room area, which is all wood floor. So I brought him into a room so that I could sit in front of the door and just let him have his meltdown. Eventually, as he was you know, kind of coming through it, like I could tell he was processing, he started asking for his blankie. Now, often your kids are going to start asking for comfort items because comfort items help them to contain the feelings and start pushing them back down. So if you haven't listened to, I have an episode on, it's more about nooks and removing them, but I also talk about like blankets and just comfort items in general. So I'll link that one as well. But I didn't, I didn't say like, no, I'm not giving it to you. You know, I was still empathetically listening, but I did not go get him his blanket because oftentimes when we give our child the comfort item, it doesn't actually, it's not solving anything. It might be helping them calm down, but a lot of times when you get it and give it to them, they like get re-stimulated or they push it down like I mentioned and then you don't finish it and then you see behavior continuing throughout the evening or the day or whatever. Once he is more calmed down and like can actually hear me and problem solve and all that, then that's when I bring the comfort item or the regulation strategy back in to just kind of come all the way back. But in the moment of intense Processing of feelings, I don't want to give it then because I want him to finish. So he finally did. We went back out into the kitchen dining area. He and he, the thing that um, I want to share about the crying and the tantrum and listening through it is that it is such an amazing connection tool. I think that that is not what we would necessarily consider to be connection, like just letting our child be upset. But what we're actually doing is helping our child to resolve their hurts. And what you'll notice if you start to do this and you practice it and your kid recognizes that you are now safe to, like you're not going to explode and you're safe for them to continue to have the feelings. As they kind of amp up and work through their feelings, they might go from totally ignoring you or attacking you to actually having their upset feelings or crying, screaming while they're making eye contact with you. And then eventually, I mean, maybe not all kids do this, but my kids will want to come and sit on my lap or give me a hug. And I think that's just such a testament that this parenting style allows your child to have the space to have the feelings. But it also allows you to say, like, this is my boundary here and I'm in charge and you will have to respect my authority but I'm still going to be here supporting you, keeping you safe and loving you. All of that can coexist together. And so we went back out into the area. He sat on my lap for a while. I just said, are you ready to clean up the bottle? And eventually he got up, he picked up the bottle. As he's crying, he walked to the garbage, threw it away and he wasn't quite ready to clean the counter. So he sat on my lap again. Again, all while my husband is still out plowing because I held the boundary like you cannot go you cannot go look at it go watch him until you have finished these two tasks. When he was ready, he took the, the wipe and he cleaned the counter. And then we sat and we watched out the window together. So I hope that gives you a little bit of information on how to keep your child accountable. I really think that this is so important because if you want your child to listen to you, they have to know that you mean it and they they will gain more respect and more Um, safety from you having those strong boundaries. Now, when I say strong boundaries, I also mean that doesn't mean you have to be angry and shouting and yelling. It's really coming with calm and safety and trust. And this is hard. It takes practice and it's not going to happen every time, no matter how far you get into this connected parenting, no matter how well you manage your triggers, like you won't be perfect every time. And that's fine because that's not expected. And there's Using these connection strategies can repair whatever hurt occurs there. But really coming with a calm, collected, I can handle you. I can handle your behaviors. And I believe in the limit that I'm setting. And I'm going to hold it because I believe in wanting your ability to learn these skills. And that is stronger than my discomfort in your big feelings or whatever that brings up for you. So if you're like, okay, that sounds really great. I cannot manage my triggers. I want you to browse through the podcast episodes and look through, I have several different ones on how to manage your triggers. If you're really struggling, I would love to help you. Um, I created a five-step system that I literally walked through and created out of my own necessity because I didn't have anybody to teach me these things. Um, And there were certain things that I utilized, like I was telling somebody on a call the other night, Like you, there are certain strategies that you're going to use to help resolve and um, heal the traumas that you have, the hurts that you have that create these triggers and your patterning and your thinking. But in the meantime, you are probably going to be triggered and there are things that I have found that work, like, right now in the moment, I have to do this as you're really working on the other stuff. So if you are like, I just, I need more than a podcast episode. I need these specific strategies. Send me a message either through my, um, Instagram or Facebook or, um, email, and we can set up a call and we can talk about it. I have a two week intensive where you can learn two of the strategies or we can do a whole three month program, um, where you will learn all of those things plus all of the strategies to help your child with the behavior. So by the end, I have a guarantee that you will see a 75% or more decrease in your child's behavior by implementing if you work on implementing and putting in the work to all the things that I'm telling you. So if that sounds appealing to you, I would love to have you message me so I can um, more thoroughly explain that to you and show it to you to see if like it truly would be a good fit. Otherwise, like I said, go through, start with the podcast if you're not sure. Um, Feel free to ask a question if that's something that um, you want or clarity on. And just start really observing yourself. I think one of the biggest things is bringing awareness to what you're doing. So the next time that your child disobeys, think to yourself, Am I trying to persuade my child essentially to do the thing because I'm I think so often that's what's happening because we are trying to be gentle and connected and caring and kind but what we're actually doing then is creating, you know, that disobedience or that disregard for the need for our child to actually obey and that's what we're communicating to them. So just pay attention. Am I doing those things or am I holding a firm, firm boundary and holding them accountable to doing what they need to be doing. And if yes, are you doing it in a calm manner or not? Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors.